Welcome to Miss V, the Storyteller Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who has lost their voice and want to get it back. I lost my voice at a very young age, and it took me years of pain and hurt to get it back. On this podcast, I share with you personal stories, stories to make you laugh, cry, think, heal, and in some cases, propel you into making new and better choices. With that said, I am so excited to have our special guest. I am so excited to have Karen here today. When Karen and I met, we did a meet and greet and we meshed immediately. Her and I have some of the same series, um, the same things that we've gone through in life. And I'm telling you all, you are going to learn a lot from her. So with that said, Karen, tell us something about yourself. Introduce yourself to my listeners. Absolutely. And thank you for that little introduction there. Um, So I'm Karen Freeland. I am a recovered corporate workaholic. I spent 15 years chasing paychecks and titles, doing things like sales, operations, marketing. I was even chief of staff for a year. And right around 39 or so, I had a bit of a midlife crisis. You look good. You look good. I'm sorry, but you look good. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't let the Botox fool you though. I know everyone's like, you're not supposed to tell people that you get Botox, but I, I break that rule. So (laughs) anyway, um, had a bit of a midlife crisis, really started questioning everything. What am I doing? What is the legacy that I want to live? Am I happy? Is this what I signed up for in life? And really found that I wasn't on the path to my purpose. So I went on a little bit of a self journey to figure out what do I really want to do? And that ultimately ended up in writing a book and then becoming a life coach to help other people make that pivot and that shift and find out what their true purpose is so that they can bring it to fruition. Yeah, that's awesome. I think a lot of us have gone on those journeys where we're trying to figure out what we're supposed to do, what our purpose. And sometimes you do have to go maybe a year or two years out or whatever to find out what it is. But I'm so glad you found out just like I found out my purpose and you're walking in it right now. So you all know that I have all kinds of stories on my podcast and Karen found one that she resonated with. So which story was that? Yeah. So the one that you told about, I quit and walked (laughs) off that job. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. I remember that I was so young y'all and I, you know, but let me tell you, I was young but I didn't put up with foolishness because that man, he, he snapped and lost his mind. And when he put his finger in my face, I was like, oh no. And I literally was about to take my shirt off. But then I'm like, all I have on is a bra. <laughs> so, but I'm like, no, what you're not going to do is put your finger in my face and talk to me disrespectfully or anything like that. So yeah. So tell me, you know, what are your thoughts on that particular story? Oh, so many thoughts. I mean, (laughs) first of all, it really resonated with me because I think anybody who has ever worked in corporate has been a victim of a well-intended policy. Mm -hmm. Like when you were asked to get these zip codes, I mean, it makes sense. I can see why they would want you to get zip codes, 
but then having all of these challenges of actually implementing it mm-hmm. and then not having corporate step up and give you the proper support and tools that you need to put their policy into place. I mean, I don't know a single person in corporate who can't, who doesn't have a story around that. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was great to see how you explain the situation to management. I think so many people are um, accustomed to kind of like the, the complain fest, mm-hmm. right? Where we just throw our hands up in the air. We have, sit around the water cooler. We talk about how stupid this policy is and can't believe they implemented it. But nobody comes up with a solution. And it was so brilliant how you came up with different ideas to have a workaround. That to me is the key of being a successful employee. We just have to learn to adapt because change is inevitable. It's not like, oh, if the company is going to change, it's just a matter of when am I going to have to change? So the more that we can adapt, I think that that was such a pivotal um, takeaway for me from your story. But you know, what's so amazing about that is I believe I got it from my mom and my grandmother and some of Mm. my stories, you learn about them. And you know, I was young. I was very young when this particular um, story happened. And, but I've always been able to connect with people. A lot of it is my humor or whatever. But the thing about him, he was so stressed out and it was a brand new store. They had nothing like that before. And all the systems were new and all that. But I understand corporate coming down on him but he should have done the same thing that I did. He should have tried to come up with something instead of sneaking and you know, trying to put in something that didn't work. You have to go and listen to the story to get all the information listeners. You have to really listen to it. Yeah. But he should have done like me. I tried to find other ways to do what, and, and telling him, he could have gone to corporate and said, right. you know what, I'm in it. I'm right here in the trenches and this is what we're encountering. Can we try to do this, that, and the other, you know, instead of him getting stressed out and then starting to fire people and go off on people? Well, and I think you bring up a great point because part of your role as a leader in any business is to shelter your next level down from the chaos that is swirling above you. Yes. I've had the pleasure of working for some phenomenal leaders who were able to do that so well. They took a lot of the brunt, they would kind of leave their emotions out of it and then they would come to us with actions. Here's what we're gonna do. Here's how we're gonna adjust or adapt. And that is really a mark of a great leader. I think you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Because I can think of some other places where I worked and that was put in place and it was less stressful for the little people. Yeah. Because we come to you, we have all these problems and you can either stress out like he did, or you can try to find resources and get answers and then come back to your people and say, okay, I heard you. I heard what you said. So let's, let us try this, this, and this. Number one, your employees are gonna say, hey, he listened to me. They listen to me. And now they're giving us some, some type of tools to help us fix this. If it doesn't work, at least they try. And I love that. Do you have a similar story of something that happened to you where, you know, well, you didn't take your shirt off, but something that you may have wanted to do in that moment? Oh, I've definitely had some moments where I wish I could have had like a mic drop moment like you, where I just like walked out. 
Um, there was actually a time when I was in corporate, I was uh, in the president's staff meeting and I was sitting around the table with all of his leaders. And there was probably 20 of us in this room. And I was giving a presentation on an upcoming marketing event that I was doing. And I was really excited because I had been working on this event for three months. It was a really big deal. And I got in there and I gave my whole spiel, got done. And I was like, okay, cue the standing ovation. I like, where are the roses? <laughs> and I was like waiting for this like fanfare of applause. And the president took off his glasses, pressed his lips together and said, well, I'm bored. And I was like, God, did you say bo you're bored? And I had this like range of emotions. You know, my first range was rage. I would literally envisioned myself picking my seat back, climbing up on top of that conference table in my pencil skirt and kicking off every single leader's like laptop and cell phone. Love it. I was so mad. And at the same time, the tears just started welling up in my eyes. Yeah. And I just kept thinking, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't you dare blink. Because if you blink, one of those tears that is welled up in your eye mm. is going to fall onto this table and everyone's going to see you fall apart. And I just was cr absolutely crushed. And I could not wait for that meeting to be over. And of course there was like three more people who had to present after me. And I just had to sit there oh. until I could get to the bathroom. And of course, once I got to the bathroom, I just I mean, apart. the floodgates just probably oh. just came out. Yeah. I was crying so hard. Do you, have you ever done this where you cry so hard that you're silent? Like I literally wasn't making noise. That's one of those, I call them a heart cry because oh. it's like your, your heart is crying and there's no sound because you can't hear your heart unless you put like the stethoscope or hat, whatever you call it yes. on to hear. So it's kind of like your heart is breaking and crying and there's no sound. Yes, I do. Yes. That is the most beautiful explanation of it ever. And I'm going to shamelessly borrow that when oh, I tell you people about it. this going forward, because it really was my heart crying out to me, Karen, stop. You're not meant for this life. You're not meant for corporate. You're not supposed to be here. There's a bigger purpose for you, but you are so addicted to the money and the status yes. that we got to get you out of here. And so it was a very much a wake up call, but I did what most people do. And I suppressed it and ended up for about another four years in corporate. Fear before I finally took the leap. Yeah, I call it fear. I do. It's, it's yeah. like fear of the unknown, fear, what if this doesn't happen? You know, and I think oftentimes we look at the negative. We always say, what if this didn't? What if, instead of saying, what if, if it does? You know, right. and we, because we're so accustomed. And one thing that I've learned myself is so easy when things don't work out to go backwards. Yes. And God is like, you don't know, I never want you to go backwards because you and I both learned from those experiences. Yeah. And with those experiences for you, it, it helped you to become the woman you are now so that you're able to help other people who may be in the situation that may hear this and see this podcast and say, hey, the same thing has happened to me. And both of them have gone through it. And so, you know, I know that I can make it just keep pushing forward. Now, I know in your job that you do, you help people. So for anyone that's listening, oh, before I get to that, oh, 
let's answer the questions first because I want sure. what I'm about to ask you to do to be at the end so that they can get all this out of the way. And so I want them to really get this. So I ask questions, as you all know, I always ask questions at the end of all of my stories. And the first question was, have you quit a job before? If so, why? And of course, have you quit a job or walked off or did you just resign? Yeah, so I have quit a few jobs before, but it was always on good terms. Okay. Um, even though, like I said, I think we all can appreciate a good mic drop moment. I kind of always uh, was able to keep it together. And most of the times I was leaving because I had a better opportunity. Okay. I wanted to grow in my career. I was really ambitious. And so I was constantly every couple of years looking for new opportunities. Um, there were some instances where I just felt really underutilized. Like they, okay. I just wasn't offering my best work and they weren't taking advantage of everything that I was capable of doing. And sometimes I felt really um, stifled by my boss. So, you know, when I was in pharmaceutical sales, I had expressed that I wanted to get out of sales, but I wanted to move into the training department. And I worked for a boss who was making great money as a sales manager. And he didn't want to lose me because I was one of the top producers. Yeah. So I think a lot of uh, employees can probably relate to this where you're working for somebody who's actually stunting your growth and preventing <laughs> you from opportunities. And so that was actually how I got into telecom because I knew somebody who was in the training department at a large telecommunications company and they basically took my resume and brought me right over. So um, I had the good fortune uh, to have some good connections. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'll just share one other quick story. Um, okay. When I was chief of staff, uh, that required me to basically almost give up like a year of my life and, oh. you know, live with the C-suite. And it was a wonderful experience. I mean, it was basically business school on steroids. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. It was like the best business school you could ever get because you're living right at the heart of the business. Like, you know, what companies you're acquiring before anybody else knows, you know, who's getting laid off before their boss knows. I mean, it was just like, you're at the epicenter and the heartbeat of this organization. And it was an amazing opportunity. However, when the opportunity was over, there was this carrot that was dangled mm. um, that there would be a director position. Mm. And suddenly that was not on the table anymore. Mm -hmm. And yes. I just remember thinking like, you bamboozled me. Yeah. Like, no. And, and I didn't want to be like, oh, it's because I'm a woman, right? I, I didn't want to go there. And yet both of the guys who had the position before me, made executive director and VP. So it was really hard to swallow that pill. And so, yes, I would have loved to walk off that one, but I had a family to feed and I, I wasn't willing to do that. But I did say, you know what? You keep that carrot. I'm going to go over here and find a chocolate bar. And I ended up just a few short months Ooh, later I love that. leaving the organization and finding a better role with more pay to manage less people. Wow. Who knew? I love that you left a carrot for some chocolate. I love that carrot. That's a good one. You have my heart one. I'm going to use your carrot to, um, <laughs> to chocolate. So the next question was, um, has a boss ever spoken to you in a disrespectful manner before, besides the one that you wanted to kick the chairs and stand on the table? Has anyone ever like directly said something disrespectful to you? And if so, how did you handle that? Yeah. And sometimes I don't think people are doing it intentionally. I really don't. You know, I worked really? for an older gentleman who was really a great guy, 
but he would call me kiddo and it would just drive me nuts. I'm like, I'm 30. I have children of my own. I'm not a kiddo. Like, don't say that in front of other people because it just makes me look bad. Yeah, that's um, like hun and sugar. Uh, people call you hun or sugar. It's like, my name is Valeria or Miss Elliot. You know, can we, yeah. can we do this? Because I'm being respectful to you. I'm not calling you Billy Bob or, you know, something right. out of your name. I'm calling you by your oh name. Boy. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Right. Bro. <laughs> go ahead. I'm feeling, I'm sorry. I cut you off, but go ahead. Yeah. No, but I mean, you bring up a great point. It's like, we are respectful to other people. Mm-hmm. Why, why is there sort of this connotation that, you know, with a woman, you can talk a certain way to them. Um, and it's not always just bosses. So interestingly enough, when I was in pharmaceutical sales, I dealt with a lot of sexual harassment that actually came from my customers from the male doctor. Yeah. Um, I actually had one offer to, uh, be a one night stand with me if I needed to get anything out of my system before. Oh my my God. Uh, Yeah. What? And I was like, I was like speechless. Right. And part of me was like, buddy, if I was going to cheat, which I'm not, but if I was, believe me, he would have a six pack. And that is not something that you have going on. I love it. Thank you. But no, thank you. Um, but I really was just appalled at the audacity. Um, and I was so young in my career that I didn't really know how to respond to that. I didn't know how to stand up for myself. Um, so I just kind of like quickly changed the subject and like made a joke of it. And was like, I'll let you know. Okay, so. Wow, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes I think when we're young, I think that people can sense it, you know, that they can say stuff and do stuff and get away with it, that we're not going to say anything and we're going to allow it to happen. And it's a shame, but I'm so glad you're here because I'm praying that anyone that's younger will listen to what we have to say and realize you do not have to put up with that. And even if they let you go, get your unemployment, number one. Right. <laughs> and number two, find a job where someone will respect you and see your gifts and talents and yeah. pull those out of you. Yeah. So with that said, Karen, I looked at your tips. Karen has tips for us to help us out. And I looked at them and I wanted her to share those tips with us about how to handle different situations, whether it's in corporate or in just the regular world. So Karen, share your tips with my listeners, please. Okay, absolutely. So, because I mean, we could talk and we can vent about this all day, but we need solutions, right? We want to know how to move forward. And so the first tip I have is when you feel yourself getting emotional and you're in the heat of of a situation, Try to remove yourself so that you can Mm. have time to get control of those emotions. Because we all say things in the heat of the battle that we don't actually mean. Um, Like if I had actually gotten on that table and started kicking off, can you imagine? (laughs) I would have tarnished my career forever. Yeah. So we have to have, but but our emotions are valid. And so we want to give ourselves time to feel those, but we don't want to react based off of those emotions. So I have notoriously in the beginning of my career responded to emails in the wrong mental state. I have fired them off with my fingers so fast. Yes, yes. And then I regretted it later, especially when it got forwarded to my boss. So you don't want that to happen, right? You never want to be part of this email chain where all of a sudden there's 20 people on it and they're like, look what Karen said. Um, So walk away. 
take a few deep breaths. That's exactly what I was going to say, because that was, that was something that I learned early on. Never mm-hmm. push send, always go walk away, come back. And then if you want to send it, send it or reevaluate it, but never push send. I learned that a long time ago. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And then, uh, or maybe talk to somebody. If you Mm -hmm. really need some guidance and you're like, look, I just got this email or this is happening. I don't know how to respond. I want to do the right thing. You can find a trusted confidant in the office and get some guidance on how to respond. My second tip is to empathize. And I know it can Mm -hmm. be really hard. hard. (laughs) But thinking about your boss and how much pressure he must have been under dealing with all of that stress. Now, That does not mean that I condone his behavior, that I agree with his behavior. I'm just saying, can we all take a few moments to just put ourselves in that person's situation and feel what it might be like to walk a mile in their shoes, just to understand that it's not personal. He's not attacking me. He's just feeling the pressure and the stress. That's a good one. I look at that one as just putting the shoe on the other foot. Yeah. put yourself in his place. And, you know, how would you have responded to that? It may not be the same, same, but it helps you to be more empathetic. Yeah. yeah. My husband's an electrician and he was in the field for a long time. So he was being told by the foreman what to do. And he would always come home and complain about the foreman's. And then he got a foreman job and he would come home and he'd say, now I know why they did this. <laughs> yeah, See? that's true. That's now very true. In that yeah. That's happened to me, you know, because- yeah. I, and I know people are going to like, what is she talking about? But when I first started working in the hospital, I did not understand why doctors, nurses, and all that leave the hospital and go to the bar and get drunk. My first week in the hospital, I was like, I know exactly why, because that's exactly, exactly what I feel like doing, going to the bar and just having a drink. So yeah, that, that is such a good point, you know, to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you do that, it does give you some compassion for them and it just softens the response a little bit. Number three is speaking up because we have to actually let people know, yes, that their behavior and their actions are affecting us. And the way that I have tried to approach this is to use I statements. So like make Mm. it about yourself. And this is going to avoid the other person getting defensive. That's good. So if I go to my boss and I'm like, you're a jerk, you're always sticking your finger in my face. He's going to be like, what? If I go to him and say, look, the other day when you put your finger in my face, I felt very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it made me want to shut down. I want to hear what you're saying, but it's really distracting when I have your finger in my face. Could we try a different approach? chances are he's going to be like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was doing that. Like, it's probably just an innate reaction for him. So it's just an, it's one approach that we can take to just let people know what their behavior is doing isn't working for us. I'm glad you said that because you know, in the story, he put his finger in my face. Now I reacted differently. And again, I was young and I probably should have handle it different. But when you're in your feelings and your emotions and you're young, I was probably 22, three, four, something like that, you know, uh, but I'm glad you said that, you know, about redirecting that and saying, you know, sir, you probably shouldn't put your fingers in people's face because I feel a certain way. I like that. That's a very good one. Yeah. Thank you. 
And then the last one is just look, leave on a good note. As much as you want to mic drop, yes, and just peace out. Yes, yes, yes. The yes. world is so small, and you just never know when you're going to be working with somebody again, or when you're going to be, um, you know, working for somebody, or going on an interview and you find right. out that the person you walked out on is the spouse of the person interviewing or something. <laughs> I mean, they're looking at your resume. They know where you've worked. These conversations are going to come up and then they're, Oh, well, why did you leave that company? Well, okay. So <laughs> do the right thing. Give the two weeks notice or whatever's appropriate for your industry, put it in writing so that, you know, if anybody ever comes back and questions it, you're like, nope, I clearly wrote it out. This is why I'm leaving. This is when I'm leaving. And just, you know, be the bigger person because at the end of the day, you're going to be able to sleep, right? You're gonna be able to look yourself in the mirror and go, I did the right thing. Even if this company and this boss totally did me wrong. You know what, Karen, I like you. I like you. You have given us so much information. And I love the fact that you selected a story because I really think that stories bring us together. And we can learn so much from a story. From that one story, we have gotten tips and we've learned so much about how to react when we're being disrespected on a job or when someone, you know, is not treating us the way we desire to be treated. I love it. You all can see why I wanted Karen to be on my show because I knew she was going to bring it and and she has. So Karen, I want you to let my listeners know what you're up to. If you have any books, if you have a website, if you have anything that you want my listeners, if they want to get in contact with you and talk to you more about you know, maybe issues they're having on their jobs. So let my listeners know all about Karen. I would love to do that. So I am now a certified life and reinvention coach. So I help clients deal with these types of situations and more all the time so that they can have the great career that they want and get the respect and the money that they deserve. And so uh, you can check out my website, karenfreeland.com, and it's Karen with an I. If you go to the life coaching tab, you can learn all about how I help my clients find their purpose, own their power, and build a pathway to freedom. There is a free e-guide on there called Six Secrets to Get Unstuck. And so you can download that, check it out, put those tips into practice. And I'm telling you, if you do that in 30 days, you're going to be like, seriously unstuck. You're going to find your new, your new path. Um, and of course you can always follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Karen Freeland. Perfect. Perfect. So you guys, I know you learned a lot from Karen. I will make sure that I put everything inside the description. So if you didn't catch it, you you'll be able to see it. Um, I'm also going to post our video. I'll chat on my YouTube station. So if you want to listen, see her and I, you can, and you can also listen to it on Spotify and Apple. With all of that said, thank you for taking the time to listen. I pray that this episode will make you think about your memories and how you, how they impact your life. So thank you, Karen. And you can follow me on Spotify, Apple, or Google at Miss V the Storyteller podcast, as well as YouTube. It's the same Miss V the Storyteller. And you can also email me if you have questions about anything at V-A-L-I-S-O-N-E-L-L-I-O-T at gmail.com. All right, friends. Thanks for listening. Bye.